Welcome to Simple Tech Talk, innovative topics and creative introductions to the marketplace. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Simple Tech Talk, where we take what can be considered complex and break it down into easy to understand language. And it should be easy for everybody to understand why yours truly is so excited to have Tom Lutz right here on the program. Tom serves as the chair for Groups in Atlanta for the Convene Advisory Board. Tom, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Uh, Jerry, I'm good, other than all this rain we've been having. Yeah, you know what they say, winter showers bring spring flowers or something like that? I just made that up, but it sounds good, right? I like it. I like it. What is amazing is the things that you guys are doing despite the weather here in Atlanta – Tell us a little bit about Convene, and then we'll get into your history and background as a marketing expert. Yeah, so Convene, you know, think about it as being a, um, like the term we use, an advisory group. So uh, I operate two groups, one for larger companies, one for smaller, more entrepreneurial upstart companies. Uh, We segregate them into those kind of groups because they have different questions. A $100 million company is asking a different question than a million dollar company Hmm. uh, and needing different advice uh, if they're ever going to get to that 100 million level. But basically, yeah, so really three environments we think about. Number one is they meet together for a forum day. Sometimes we have speakers. Sometimes we'll have convened, provided MBA level business assessment tools and what have you. And then the bulk of that day is usually spent on two or three of the members bringing a pressing issue to the table that they're working on. Could be about an employee. It could be about, uh, in some cases, you know, they're launching a new product. And because their other members of the group are sort of their target audience, they sometimes will actually bring in the marketing materials and just say, okay, you're my target audience. How how does this marketing program, digital program or printed program, whatever it might be, how does it ring for you? You know, they maybe are thinking about investing in another company or starting a new uh, product line. You know, the kind of stuff that you really can't just walk up and down the halls a lot of times at your office and get clear feedback. So you walk into this group, 12 to 15 of your co-members, and you basically just put it on the table what you need. Sometimes we've we've had contracts reviewed, uh, et cetera. Once a quarter, we do a deep dive on a business, uh, one of the members' businesses. Uh, where we'll actually send two or three of the members to go interview uh, the direct reports of that CEO and just always come up with two or three insightful perspectives. So that's what we call forum day. Then in addition to that, uh, we have what we call um, a one-to-one, one-on-one meeting, where I'll meet with them individually for an hour or hour and a half. Uh, And those are pretty wide-ranging. You know, those may be personal issues. Uh, Sometimes they're confidential issues. And a lot of times we'll talk about something which ultimately I'll recommend we bring back to the group for their input. So those are one-to-one. And then probably the the third environment is just the group itself. And that's when we start talking about the app. Facilitating communication within the group is really kind of one of the key uh, aspects of the app. So, you know, sometimes you've got an issue that you want input on that you really can't wait till the fourth Thursday or the second Wednesday when the group meets. Or maybe right. maybe that's three weeks from now, and this is a pressing issue, and you've got to get some feedback now. We used to use that through email, but you know how email trails, uh, at least on my Google, you know, if you can accidentally delete it because you thought somebody decided to use that thread to communicate something else or what have you. The idea is I've got that ability to 
get quick, easy questions answered or discussions started uh, right through the app. There are a lot of these kind of groups around. The largest one is called Vistage. What makes you uh, convene unique is that uh, each of the companies are faith-based. So these are the CEO in all cases would be a person who would uh, profess a Christian faith and a desire to use uh, their calling to the business to help improve the quality of life of their community. Wow, that's such a dynamic answer to such a short question. I'm, I'm grateful <laughs> that you have these tremendous insights. You know, Convene does provide a lot of value to the businessman. And I've always heard it said that business really does begin at the home. You know, we, we sometimes we, as men, can compartmentalize uh, different areas of our life into, you know, different thought processes and beliefs. You know, a lot of people think that faith has no place in the business place. But you guys beg to differ. This is obviously one of the fundamental core pieces of the beliefs in Convene. Where do you guys get the resources to answer some of these hard questions that you're asked? Well, I'll say a couple of things. One, one thing I think a fundamental principle of Convene is everything's got to be working well for the business to be run with excellence. Okay. So that means your health has got to be good. Marriage, if you're married, has got to be good. You know, your spouse. So we do have female members in Convene. Your spouse and you have to be relating well. Uh, you've got to be emotionally strong. Uh, you know, your, your physical conditioning. So the full orbed program is really important. And that's part of my job. I just had a member this morning I sat down with, a younger man whose business is just growing very fast, but he's got young children at home. He's got a wife who's got some emotional issues, you know, and so I, I, we just, we spent most of our time this morning just trying to help him understand how to do self-care in the midst of all this that's flying at him in order that he can do other care. Uh, but anyway, so back to your question. So Convene has been around 25 years. Uh, I've been operating here in Atlanta for 10 so we'll have once a quarter, Convene will have outside speakers. So we have a speakers bureau that I can select speakers from. And then I usually, we pick them usually a year in advance. And I'll normally pick out some options for the speakers based on where I know the group is at, you know, what they're working on. But also we've got 25 years of Convene materials uh, that we can call from. So anytime I've got an issue that two or three of the group members might need something. And they have, again, back to the app, they have the ability to access this data through the app, uh, you know, if they want to get it on their own accord. I would say that's that's where it comes from. So just as an example, two years ago, uh, at the end of one of the years, I had two members who made bonehead hires. And I don't know if you would understand this, but a bad hire can cost up to twice the amount of what you pay that, that person. So if you've got a $60,000 person, and you hire them, it could cost you sixty dollars to $120,000 in lost productivity or in, in just plain money out the door with no results. And I do remember basically what they did was they hired a person who needed to have the ability to do mathematical word problems, marking up sales. And they never tested the person to see if, if they had a word problem math skills. Anyway, so we made that year the year of the no bad hire. And so it Every month we had some other resource. Um, and so Convene had a whole lot of resources on that. We had some speakers come in and talked about best practices for hiring. Last year uh, we had, um, was the year of the referral. So 
in addition to what we did on a monthly basis, kind of a theme through the year was how do we improve each other's skills at getting referrals? And then so we've also said for this year, uh, we're calling it the year of uh, employee engagement. And so we've, you know, some of our speakers, we also have a video library called Right Now Media at Work, which will have video, business-related videos on like with Patrick Lencioni or Henry Cloud or, you know, the really top-notch speakers that we can just access. And so right now we're watching a five-part little short video series on the language of, of employee appreciation written by the person who wrote the book on the five love languages. Mm. I think we've got two million views on our stuff, on our speaker stuff on YouTube. That's incredible. And that's out of... You know, I'm sure it's a lot of people who aren't members because we only have we have less than a thousand members around the country. Well, when you talked about having a mobile app, what kind of impact has creating a mobile app had in increasing engagement and memberships for Convene now? You know, I think it'll be more it'll be more likely to benefit us in the retention of the the member hmm. than in the development or gaining of the member. The app itself is primarily designed as a tool for them to get information about what's going on in their group, uh, to communicate with their group, and to have access to, you know, the broader scope of convene materials. The a prospective member would not be active with that tool until they were actually became an actual member. I got you. You know, on your website, convenenow.com, there are a ton of tremendous thought leadership pieces of content. You guys have a very rich blog. You also have a podcast. Um, how have these pieces of content helped build the brand and also build the spiritual lives and the walk of your members? Yeah. So, so in that, of course, that's, that is where a lot of our prospective members will interact with us. They'll come to the website. We're very active on social media. So LinkedIn, Facebook, you know, we'll be posting up. We have a, we have a blog that, a matter of fact, I'm just working with my co-writer to write a blog on uh, how to practically bring faith issues into the marketplace. Mm. And so that's, cause that's just, that's something we all, we all talk about because, you know, I think you're active in church. Some people that are more active in church, churches don't do a good job of helping people think about how to do something in life beyond what they do at church. Amen. You know, and so uh, my book is really designed to help pastors understand how they talk to someone who works outside the church about how they're, they're also serving God by causing the flourishing of the community. Now, let's talk about that, right? Because that's a really deep issue, bringing faith issues into the business place. Now, this could be something as simple as, you know, you talked about hiring people. What, what do convene members look for? In hiring, because you know, technically speaking, it's illegal to discriminate. You know, uh, sure. hiring somebody because they don't share in your faith. But you know, there are some common practices amongst faiths that share some commonalities, and and those that have stark differences. What are some of the qualities that convene members look for as they hire for their individual companies? Yeah. So one one of the things we do a lot of, we work with companies on their mission, vision, core values, and the research will tell you that. If there's a core value match with a prospective employee, the chances of them succeeding are probably tenfold. And so we want to make sure that those values are clear. So one of, one of my members, for example, has a core value that says, be helpful. 
you know, and so that's when you're inter- interviewing somebody, you're looking for, is there, is there somebody, is this person someone who is likely to go the next step to help somebody that there is a coworker? If not, they're not going to fit well in our core values. Um, I don't know. Are you familiar with Patrick Lencioni? I've heard the name once or twice. Okay. So he's written lots of books on some of these topics, but two I'll mention. One is called The Ideal Team Player. And, and this is something we've adopted as convenient. Certainly my members have when we, we watched this when we did the year of no bad hires. He says you want somebody who's hungry, humble, and smart. Hmm. Hungry means they want to succeed. Humble means they're going to put others first. Uh, and smart is not necessarily intelligence. It's more emotional intelligence. When you hire a person who has those three possibilities, or those three characteristics, they're going to be far more likely to succeed if their um, core values matches there. Then he's got another book called The Secret to Employee Engagement. He said that it was originally called The Three Signs of a Miserable Job. Uh, and he said the first one is immeasurability. If I'm in a job where I'm not measured and there's no way for me to know if or when I've reached the mile marker or the finish line or you know, if I'm doing a good job or doing a bad job. So that's really an important thing we do is we try to make sure everybody knows what we call it their number. Everybody knows what success looks like. Uh, if I make X number of calls or if I complete X number of tickets or if I complete, you know, in such and such a time frame. Uh, and, and his point is there, who would go to a basketball game where you didn't keep score? <laughs> right. That's why, frankly, Sports players are so successful because they know exactly what, what, what their number is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they need to get to so many three, free throws, so many three-point shots. The first one is immeasurability. The second one is irrelevance, not knowing who you are important to. So, for example, one of my members has a company which does installation and periodic maintenance at quick trips and racetracks. And, you know, he, they basically keep the coffee machines going and the ice machines. And what they communicate to their people is imagine how different the world would be if the million people that commute from, you know, coming to Atlanta every day couldn't stop and get their coffee, their frappe, their latte, their whatever it is. Oh, road rage incidents would increase exponentially. Precisely. And so the point is, you're relevant to these people. If you do a good job, uh, and this comes back to the, the faith component of it is, you also communicate to people that, that that's why God created you. Uh, one question we ask is, you know, how spiritual is trash collection? Very. Uh, well, it is in this sense that if nobody collects the trash, we're all dead. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Right? Literally all dead. You know, disease will be rampant illness. So you got to communicate to that person who works for the trash collection company that you are relevant and, and that our community is much better because of what you do. Uh, and then the third one is they're anonymous. Nobody knows anything about them except for what pencils they push at work. So that, that engages us as the bosses too. And again, part of what we do with the Convene app is uh, people put some personal stuff in there. So I, I get pictures of family and we do every month, whoever's our host will present pictures of their family or their hobbies. Because if you're anonymous, we as bosses want to try to make sure that we're helping people to, we're, we're trying to engage them as full human beings, not just as the 
pencil pushers that we need them for. In case you're just joining us, we are with chair of Convene here in the greater Atlanta area, Mr. Tom Lutz, and we're talking about the Convene mobile app and the Convene platform itself. You know, when you were talking about the accessibility to the Convene app, currently as it stands, it's for members. But how do you guys see using the Convene app in the times to come to really engage prospects and send the good word out about what you guys are doing? You know, uh, honestly, Joe, I haven't really thought about that, but there would be some ways for, for it conceivably to have functionality because our process is usually like a five-step process for me when someone joins Convene. It typically will be a referral. They will be either just this morning. One of the members in Houston sent me a text saying, hey, I, I know a person here. I just talked to him about Convene. He's in Atlanta. He wants to talk to you. So first thing, I'll have a 30-minute phone call with that person. If they want to move forward and hear more, we'll set up a, a lunch or a coffee or something like that. If they're still interested and they want to pursue some more, we'll go and have a, um, a lunch or a coffee with several members. Hmm. So they get to talk to the members about the Convene experience. And then if they still want to go, we'll sign the paper for them to join and let them come for a trial day. Right now, I keep track of all of that in the, in the CRM that Convene uses called Pipe Drive. But theoretically, we could include that process in the app so that prospective customer can actually see that progress as well. Right. Yeah, I, but of course, I'm just a lowly chair. Marketing <laughs> out in your Belinda handles all the um, development of that. But that's, I'm on the chair advisory board. I, you've, you've asked me that before, and I think I'll uh, raise that when we get together in May. You can downplay yourself, but we all know you're hungry, humble, and smart, Tom. So don't <laughs> sell yourself short there. I love what you brought up at the beginning of this conversation, right? The differences in questions between a $1 million company and that of a $100 million company. What is the difference, right? What do the questions sound like from somebody who has succeeded exponentially in the business world rather than somebody who hasn't quite got there yet? You know, I, we had a, a discussion one time with it had a member who's got a billion dollar company and they sell, what do you call 18 wheeler over the road trucks Okay. for a manufacturer. And they've got a 14 or 15 different um, showrooms. And he was talking about having an issue where he had $25 million of inventory that was about to come off of a program. And somebody in his organization had not done a good job. Uh, I mean, it was a huge risk. He, he stood to lose $25 million. Mm. You talk about that in a company, you know, that's, you know, $5 million. I mean, it just, it's, it's not even conceivable. Oh, yeah. It's more money right? than I'll ever see. Yeah. That's yeah, insane. precisely. But the other thing for him... You know, and, you know, he's got 450 employees. So the issue of um, uh, there's an organization called Marketplace Chaplains. Hmm. Uh, Marketplace Chaplains actually sends chaplains to the workplace to deal with issues, you know, emotional counseling, grief, funerals, weddings, you know, and you can employ them to do that. You know, that makes sense in a company that's got 450 members. It doesn't with a company that's got two. Tax issues. You know, the tax issues for the different kind of the smaller company and the larger company are, you know, there's there's tax things you can do where you can, like these are things called conservation easements, where you can spend a million dollars to ultimately get access to a deduction that's worth $2 million. And it has positive environmental impact. Well, again, that's not something that would be meaningful to the smaller company. Sure. And by the same token, I always say, I'm a sole proprietor, so my biggest issue is do I wear my green pajamas or my red pajamas when I'm not on screen or in person? Always go with red pajamas, Tom. That's, yeah, for sure. I have sure. a hard line stance on that. The point is, that's, you know, I, my issue 
would not be relevant even to the small companies. Sure. You know, and I think that's important, right? With the different size of a company and revenue model comes different questions, different inquiries, uh, also right. different benefits. You know, I want to kind of get back to this interesting point that you brought up about the physical, spiritual, mental health of people and how it all connects together. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been to a lot of churches where it seems like everybody's fat. And I've always kind of like, grew up with with this notion and we've been taught it in church it's not what we see that counts it's what's on the inside and okay for some things that kind of makes sense but i also don't think that the good lord blessed us with these bodies to return to him in pieces now don't get me wrong i love a good craft beer and some chicken wings but i also understand the slippery slope that physical health can be i lost my dad two years ago to a heart attack and that was a wake-up call for me because sure. we, we obviously share the same genetics and it, it really had me to this point where I've decided to eat better and eat more salads and so on and so forth. So how have you been able to kind of change the mood in that regard to obese business people that have kind of taken a similar viewpoint in terms of, hey, it's, it's only your heart that matters. It's not your physical body. Yeah. So where, you know, where that comes from, I think it starts before that. So uh, in my book, I've, I've got one of the chapters starts out with this statement. And when I say spiritual, you think non-physical. I say redemption, you think evangelism. Mm. And when I say heaven, you think disembodied. Yep. Right? Uh, it's just a meta-narrative, you know, that concept, or it's a grid that you see the world through. Sure. And so then the subtext uh, of that is somebody says, well, taking care of my physical environment, you can't take it with you, is what people would say. Mm-hmm. Or... You know, this as if somehow this world is irrelevant, uh, that we're going to go to heaven, which is some disembodied place. But in fact, if you study Christian theology, it's clear that heaven will be on this physical earth. Uh, it's called the new heaven and the new earth. It's it's reformed, revised. But I, I tell all my all my business members, listen, the church will operate the city, which means everything it takes to operate a city will continue to need to be done. So. Because friction is part of the way the world is made, we'll continue to have to change the oil, the tires, the HVAC belts. That kind of maintenance work will need to continue to do. We'll still have leaves will still fall and need to be processed, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And so then when you get that different perspective that, hey, when I die, somehow I'll transcend. I don't I don't know how that looks, uh, but what I'll transcend to or will return to once you know, the Christ returns and I'm past the intermediate heaven, uh, we'll be living on this earth for eternity, extracting the infinite potential that this world has. Mm. It's hard to kind of grasp that, you know, it's almost like a Narnia situation where you watch the movie and all of a sudden winter turns to spring. And I think it's a good allegory for it. It's a good comparison to draw. But I think it's so hard given our everyday grind that we wake up, we get in the car, we go to work, we come home and we rinse and repeat till the weekend. It's a two day weekend. It seems like a one day weekend. Then we're back at it again. So to kind of be able to separate ourselves from that tangible outcome that we experience every day is difficult. But I think it's refreshing that there's an organization that understands 
the deep connection between physical health and spiritual health. Now, you talked a little bit about the counselors, the chaplains and such that you guys uh, can help facilitate for your, uh, for your membership. How have you guys been able to engage in the mental health discussion? Because with a lot of Christian thought leaders, it's difficult to kind of separate you know, mental health issues from spiritual issues. I have to admit that's not been something we've spent a lot of time on. When How the marketplace chaplains work is their interaction with all employees is confidential. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're not going to come tell you uh, as a boss that Joey's got a drug problem or cheating on his wife or what have you. How, how are you but, calling me out on air? I mean, what's, what's up with that, man? <laughs> this is a private conversation. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, but they do provide an aggregate, aggregated report. Uh, which actually, for example, led one of my members, it's about a $60 million company that's got several hundred employees, blue collar manufacturing type environment. Uh, and it became evident that there was a not insignificant amount of drug usage on, on the property. And so then again, so what did he do? He brought, came, brought that back to the group and said, okay, what do I do? Uh, and then we developed a pretty thorough plan of, you know, there's, there's rules about being a drug-free work, workplace. Sure. Um, but obviously with the machinery that they're working and so forth, and then they had to be a no, no uh, zero tolerance policy, et cetera. But, uh, you know, and so the issues that surfaced because the chaplains could have these intimate conversations helped his company become a better work environment. Hmm. No, that's huge because, you know, when you're talking about some of these issues, whether it be substance or infidelity, a lot of those aren't the actual issue. The issues are deep within the heart of that person and the mind of that person. So it's I, it's refreshing to know that Convene sees that deeper truth and is kind of trying to address the, the actual heart of the matter. You know, being around for over two decades, almost three decades, what are some of the significant changes for the better that you've seen take place in Convene and in the space around you? That's an interesting question. So we have a thing called Chairs Inspire, Connect, and Strategize. It's ICS. It's our twice a year where we I get to go and hang out with my brother wizards, you know, the other convened chairs around the country. Mm-hmm. And that's really a meaningful time to me because I, bas- I basically get to, to, to compare best practices with 50 or 60 other leaders uh, who are doing the work that I'm doing. I think certainly the digital process the advances in, in the ability to, to communicate stuff digitally. For example, I had a member brought in a DVD the other day to wanted to show the group. And it was like, well, who, who's got a DVD player, right? Everything is on um, streaming system of, of somehow. Sure. The volume, you know, I mentioned this right now, media at work. There has got to be, I can't even conceive of. I mean, if I just sat down today and started watching everything that's available to me through that platform, I guess it's 50 years before I'd complete it. Yeah, you might see the new heaven and the new earth before you finish. So You might well, <laughs> you know, but that's, that, that's a big deal. But I, so I think, I guess it's twofold. It's, it's the, the distribution and access to that data. Um, again, through the app is part of the, uh, as we're talking about, making that available. Uh, but also just, you know, um, I've been enjoying these commercials by Farmers Insurance. Oh, great. Yeah, it, absolutely. We know a lot because we've seen a lot. Yeah. Right. And I think that's kind of with convene is the combined knowledge that pulls together that we can feed back through what we call convene service center in your Belinda, then flows back out to the entire group of chairs. Hmm. Uh, you know, so we, we get smarter as a group every month. 
I think it's interesting that you guys are headquartered in California because in my mind, California is synonymous with a very progressive, liberal-leaning standpoint. And Christianity, it's hard to mesh with that, right? When you look at the the objective truths in Scripture that are laid out before us, how do you guys survive out there? Yeah, well, so so it was started in the seventies, but the still still over half of our groups around the country are in, and here's the key: are in Orange County, California. Okay. If you know Orange County, Orange County is the Bible Belt of California. It's still it's very very conservative community, and so in that sense, we have a group in in San Francisco. We have a group in Seattle. We have a group starting in Portland. One starting in New York City. There's that's where your challenges are. In case you're just joining us, we are with Tom Lutz. He works with Convene on the advisory board, and he helps uh, groups in the Atlanta metro area. So if people are listening to this and they are in the Atlanta area, what's the best way for them to reach out to you to kind of start that vetting process to become members? Oh, good question. The easiest step would be to go to convenenow.com, and uh, it says join a group. And just put it in there and say you'd like for Tom Lutz to reach out to you. And I'll have my assistant do set up a time for us to, to talk. That's super cool. You know, as we wrap things up, I like to hit a few of the marketing standpoints. You know, we are a, yeah. a tech-based show. And we did talk about the fact that Convene does have a mobile app, how you guys are utilizing that, you know, sending push notifications to your members about specific events, advisory board, content, stuff like that, and perhaps integrating this app for people that are future members. That's the way I like to put it. But I always like to close interviews and chats with people uh, on a high note and, and a kind of away from the matter at hand and to this conversation primarily focused on the spiritual well-being of your members. I want to talk about the parallel priorities that you guys uh, find as as the core piece. And we talked a little bit about it at the forefront, about being a high-impact family leader and how you guys fight the temptation, as I said before, to compartmentalize faith into its own thing on Sundays or Wednesday nights, but not Monday through Friday. The first group I started, the larger company group, is, will be 10 years old in May. Oh, congrats. That'll be their 10th anniversary, will be in May. There were, I think, eight charter members. Four of them are still in the group, okay, which wow. is interesting. Yeah. After 10 years, one died, one retired, and two sold their companies. The other members, while you, know, you, you can join at any point, but the, I think the average retention of, of a convened group is five, eight, 10 years, depending on how long they've been around. And so when you're, you've invested that much into a group, they only stay together that long if the group is completely transparent, mm. right? Uh, if, you, if you come into a group, and I've had members join and come into a group and pretend like everything's going great. Of course, why wouldn't you? Right, uh, because they're, you know, they don't tell you, they don't admit they've got problems. Of course. But ultimately, I'll, I'll, I'll challenge them and say, look, if, you, if you're not prepared to come into that group and say, look, I'm not perfect and I need your help, we can't help you. Yeah. You're not going to improve by pretending to be batting 120 and telling everybody you were batting 350. They wouldn't, they wouldn't help you be a better batter. Well, I'm a Phillies fan, so that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> But you're right. It, it goes back to that fundamental truth. Like, did he come here to help the well or did he come here to help the sick? And the deeper truth behind that is that we're all sick. 
Mm-hmm. That's the. De- it's not the fact that there are well people and there are sick people. It's that people that know that they're sick and then those who believe that they're well. And it's all a mindset. It's understanding who you are in relation to who he is. So I think that relationship and being able to see the glory therein is the point. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 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 I would definitely so. And so that, and so you basically, if you're coming into one of my groups at least, and I think this is true of most of the groups around the country, you're pretty exposed when three or four of your co-members come and interview the people that work for you. The guys have become friends with fam, you know, where their wives will, will go out and have meals together. They get, they get together for lunch with other members, you know, so it's, it's a real personal relationship. And where, in fact, we have found out in the past that there were things going on that were suboptimal, uh, the group has felt comfortable to um, uh, to challenge that person on that topic, and in many cases, uh, very positively. What percent of those outcomes end up being positive in the sense that they maintain their membership? Because to me, you guys run a very risky model. There, there would be more safety in saying, Whatever you do is cool here. We're just here to encourage you, but we're not really going to hold you accountable. Don't you guys think you could have membership hand over fist in that model? No, because you 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 could you might be able to sign up more people, right. but you wouldn't retain them because mm-hmm. they would not get any benefit. Wow, you know that's like so. So if you went to a gym like that, so I go to a CrossFit gym, uh, and I'm one of the oldest people. I'm 66. Or will oh, be 66, wow, you know, and I'm I'm challenged to keep up with you know, 25 to 35, 45 year olds. Um, but if, 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 you know, I, I, I could go I, the other model, frankly, uh, the LA fitness model, huh. $10 a month model right, right. is the opposite. Uh-huh. I, I spend 160 bucks to go to CrossFit and doggone it. I'm going to, I'm going to get fit. Yeah. And, and that the other members are spending that kind of money to be there. And so I'm going to be there three, four, five times a week. The other model, which what you're suggesting, is pay 10 bucks a month, pay 20 bucks a month, and show up every third month, right? Mm. Uh, so they make it up in volume. They, they have thousands and thousands of members. CrossFit, my gym's probably got 150 members. But it's just a, diff- it's a different business model. So for us, we talk about um, getting results. People stay and convene because they get, they get $100,000 return on their investment every year. Wow. They just become better bosses, and so therefore they make better business decisions, or they hire well, the right we, people, or how does that flesh itself out statistically? We usually, we usually show it tangibly, you know. So I'll give you a tangible example. One of my members had a particular marketing strategy. Okay. He sells a program that's for fundraising. Had a particular marketing strategy. They sell machines that produce slushies, healthy slushies. The whole website and marketing approach presented the value as being how well the machine worked. After he came into the group a year and a half ago, one of the first things one of the members said, because we do a review of his business and his, his marketing strategy and so forth, uh, they said, look, we looked at your website, and your website doesn't say anything about fundraising. It says all about how great the machine is. It says, you're making this mistake that people aren't coming to your website to find out about your machine. They're coming to your website to figure out how can I raise $15,000 for the swim team. Right. He changed his marketing the next month, and actually had changed the whole website up and had a thing which was his ask was sign up for a free fundraising consultation. And I forget the numbers. I'm making this up, but it's it's accurate, I think. He had eight or ten people sign up and seven or eight of them paid, joined, you know, bought his business. 
And that's going to be worth 15, 20 years from now, when he sells that company, it's going to be worth a million dollars. Right. Uh, we had a member who sold his company last year. Years ago, uh, he, he represents a, a European brand. Uh, he's the national U.S. distributor for a European brand. And he uh, came to the group with a question. The European manufacturer wants me to bring my website presence up under their website presence. What should I do? Uh, after talking it through, the group said, no, you should keep it separate because you own the customer. You don't want them to own the customer. Right. When he came back to talk to us after he sold his company and left, he said that one discussion years ago was worth a million dollars to me. Wow. Wow. You know, what I was selling was the, the, you know, if they if they owned the customer, they would, would have had less need of me of buying my company. It's almost as if you guys took the book of Proverbs and just applied it to a business model. Yeah. You know, I think that's that's a good that's a good way to, to think about it. Would you agree with the assertion that now more than ever, it's important for brands and businesses of all sizes and scopes to start thinking about having a mobile app to engage not only their members or users, but future members and users? There's a little bit of resistance at people my age. So I'm 66, but I'm pretty technologically savvy. I've owned several technology businesses. A company that I've developed and sold years ago had put up the first websites and construction information facilities, et cetera. So I'm fairly, fairly sophisticated on that. But for me, like, so I'm an example. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Atlanta United soccer team, football club. Uh, and they have an app. That app is its beautiful, the way they engage me. Anytime I want to know what's going on with Atlanta United, I go, I just go to the app. Nice. And it, every, you know, and I, it, 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 it draws me in. Uh, it, it sends me push notifications when I'm places that, for example, um, there may be a, a pub that's showing an away game. They'll send me, here's the 20 places in Atlanta where a pub is going to be showing the game. Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you today. Again, if you haven't, check it out, convenenow.com. Uh, they have a mobile app for their members, which they use to engage and retain them. And this is just another lesson in why every brand and business should have a mobile app. Tom, again, one more time for the people. What's the best way for them to reach out to you and convene to consider being members? Yeah, convene, C-O-N-V-E-N-E, now, N-O-W.com. And then there'll be a link for join a group. Awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, your social uh, presence as well on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, they can search me on any one of those. Thomas P. Lutz, if they're trying to track me down. And in Peachtree Corners, Georgia. Awesome. Thanks again, Tom. Thanks for joining us, everybody, for another episode of Simple Tech Talk. Take care and have a great day. Thanks for listening to Simple Tech Talk. Visit us online at boardactive.com and follow us on the socials. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.